Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, once freed, God wants us to be agents of hope. That's what happened. We're able to bring joy and peace to a person who's going through the very similar things that we went through, and they're thinking, I'll never make it. And we'll say, boy, two years ago, that's exactly where I was. But let me tell you, God will get you through it. And today, I'm free, I'm enjoying life, and I've moved beyond it. That is so powerful. If you're a normal human being, you've certainly asked yourself and or God why it is you have to go through the trials you do. This is a perfectly reasonable question and one that God's not afraid to hear from us. He has, in fact, given us a few answers to those questions. The fallen, sinful, rebellious nature of man, for one. We don't like that answer too much, though. Pastor Mark has been teaching about one of the other answers as we learn to depend upon God to get us through the trials and back to a place of wholeness, we can point others in the same situation to the same answer in God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapters 46 through 49 with part three of his message, Real freedom in action. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, circle these two words, what if? What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? You see, now that Jacob the father was dead, Joseph's brothers think like this Well, dad's gone. He was the only one that protected us against Joseph. Now that he's gone and Joseph's in control, he's going to get revenge and he's going to get even. By the way, let me tell you, this is 17 years after Joseph forgave his brothers. When they came before him and he went, hey, I'm Joe. And they went, okay, it's over. He said, no, I forgive you. You sold me, God sent me. 17 years ago, he offered forgiveness. They'd been living together for 17 years. It was fine. Here they are, beginning the what-if game. And then in verse 16 and 17, they lie. Look at this. So they sent word to Joseph saying, they're still trying to get dad in here. Your father left these instructions before dad. This is a lie. He didn't leave this at all. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now, please forgive the sins of the servant of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. For the last 17 years of their lives, Joseph's brothers were playing the what-if game. Joseph had forgiven. They didn't believe it. 
Satan came to them over and over again during those 17 years in their mind. That's the battlefield and said to them, Joseph couldn't have forgiven us. We got to watch out because someday he's going to get revenge. For 17 years, they were not free because they were playing the what if game. What if Joseph hasn't really forgiven us? What if? You know, this is the same guilt game that Satan likes to play with us. During these last few weeks, many of you, thousands of you, have forgiven a certain person or circumstance. You prayed the prayer, an act of your will, and you said to God, I forgive them, I release them. You've done it. But here's what Satan's done to you. What if you really haven't forgiven them? You know, their name comes up, that situation comes up again. What if you really haven't forgiven them? Well, if you're playing the what if game, you are not free. Second, some of you during the series had to go back in your life because of sins and say to God, that sinful lifestyle, boy, I was miserable. I, I ask you to forgive me, God. And First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess, will God? Yes. So God's forgiven you. But here's what Satan says. What if God, you know, those things were really bad. What if God hasn't really forgiven me for that sin? And we play the what if game again. And then there's another one. Some of you have been hurt in a church. You're visiting. Somebody's invited you. You haven't been to church in years, but you're now here. Or some of you have been in a relationship, a divorce, or some kind of thing where you got hurt in a relationship. You're dating and somebody broke it off. And here's what Satan says to you. Well, what if you get involved with people again and get in a relationship? What if you go back to church? You know, what if if you do it, you're going to get hurt again? What if? Well, if I'm playing the what if game, I'm miserable because nothing's settled. Satan knows how to bring it up, doesn't he? Now, let's start with the third one and I'll work backwards. A church. So I have two options. I got hurt in the church. I either going to stay away from church the rest of my whole life. That's option one. Do you realize how many thousands and thousands and thousands of people in Brevard County outside these walls? That's exactly where they're at. They got hurt in a church. May have been a legitimate hurt. They've never stepped in the church again. Now tell me, are they free? Are they fruitful? Are they enjoying life? Zero. Without me, you can do nothing. So Satan says, well, if you go back to a church again, you're liable to get hurt. What if you get hurt? Let me tell you something. You come back to a church, you will get hurt. We're humans here. We're just people. So what's your option? Stay alone by yourself. How about the relationship one? Well, I got hurt in this relationship with the person. That person really hurt me, and they probably did. Well, because of that, I'm going to go to a little island and sit on there with a coconut the rest of my life and not get involved with anybody because I'm not going to get hurt again. Well, let me ask you, are you sitting on that island free? Oh, praise God. No, it becomes very boring because the only person you can talk to is you and you're kind of useless. <laughs> and I'm, here I am again. My world revolves around who? Me. Me, myself, and I had a little party. And here we are, a little tea together. And pretty soon. So that's terrible. You, you can't play that. Let's go to the other ones. Well, Pastor Mark, I, I had a guy just a couple weeks ago coming. At the end of one of the services early on, and he said, 
you know my lifestyle. And I knew his lifestyle before he became a Christian. It was horrible what he did to people. It was horrible. And he said to me, he phased He says, I, I, can't, I can't believe God's forgiven me. What if? I said, well, let's see. When Satan comes with that, I have to come with this. I have to go to the Word of God. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if I confess my sins, he's faithful. What's faithful mean? Every single time. It doesn't depend on me. It depends on him. So I said to him, now I'm going to read you this verse, and I want you to believe it. Every time that thought comes, forget it. Don't play the what if game. And the next time I see you, I want to see a smile. The last week or whatever it was, and all these people lined up I'm talking to at the end of the service, here comes this guy. <laughs> Praise God. Now, if you knew what he did, you might have a hard time forgiving him. God has no problem. By the way, lots of things we've all done, people would have a problem with. But God has no problem because he's love. What about the first one? Well, Pastor Mark, I have forgiven that person that had the accident, raped me, did whatever, all those kinds of things. I've forgiven him. But Satan just says, what if I really haven't? Because it comes back every once in a while. Well, here's again. You put that down and you do this. By an act of your will, you said, God, help me forgive and forget. And I release them through your power. It's over. Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind Press forward to the things that are ahead. So who are you going to believe? The beer commercial boy? Or God? God. Always. That's where the freedom is. So let me just say this to you. God is not into the what if game. Never. All of those ifs are simply lies. We must replace Satan's lies with the truth of God's word. We have forgiven that person. We are forgiven by God. And let's get on with life. One winter day, a man had to cross a wide river on the ice. He thought to himself, what if the ice is too thin and I fall into the freezing water? So in great fear, he began to crawl on his hands and knees. About an hour later, he was nearing the opposite shore and totally exhausted. He heard this noise and he looked up to see a man on a sled with his whole family gliding right by him. Is this you this morning in life? Playing the what-if game? Everything's fearful. The world's going by enjoying God, and you're a Christian. What if? What if I've never committed to sin? Oh, God, I wish I hadn't committed that sin. Why do I? God, I know I've forgiven that person, but the thought, do you think that's freedom? At the end of the service, we're going to pray for you. Because Satan will come back to all of us again. I want to say to you this morning, in the power of God, get up. Get on the sled and go for God. You, you can't ever enjoy anything there. The world goes by it. They're on a sled. You don't want to go where it's going. But here's a Christian who's supposed to be free. And the other side, by the way, that we're getting to is heaven. It's a good side. We're going. So quit that game this morning in the name of Jesus. Trust God. Move ahead. Quit being crippled. Turn to Genesis chapter 50. I'm going to do this in about seven or eight minutes. Then we're going to take communion and we'll be done. I want you to see the life of Joseph in three verses. And I want you to see the fruit of the Spirit, all the fruit flowing in his life. So watch me close. We'll go quickly. Genesis 50 verse 19. But Joseph said to them, when his brother said, are you going to kill us now? After he wept, Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. 
Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. To accomplish what is now being done. Circle these words. The saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. I think we see all of these fruits right here. Number one, we see the fruit of godly character. Notice what an incredible positive statement he makes to his brothers. Don't be afraid. Reassurance. Spoke kindly to him. Encouragement. What is the fruit of the Spirit? What is the kind of character I'm supposed to have if God lives in me and I'm free and fruitful? Here it is. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. And then love is expressed by joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. That's Joseph. He says to them, hey, don't be afraid. Kindness. These are the guys that put him in the prison, put him in the pit. He's kind to them. He's encouraging them. He's lifting them up. By the way, if you're a Christian today, God says to us in the book of Hebrews, we're supposed to be encouraging people. Look at Hebrews 10 and let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Guys, the world isn't getting better. It's getting worse. And we have to be in this place for encouragement. And man, wasn't the music good this morning? Terrific. I mean, it just builds you up. We're here to learn from God, but we're here to interact with one another. Thank you so much for being positive and graceful in an encouraging congregation. The love of God, the, the character of God shows through you. Beautiful. In the last few weeks, we've heard some testimonies that were pretty heart-wrenching. Cheryl, Barb, and Greg, they opened their heart to us. About husband had been murdered, somebody that was addicted to drugs and alcohol, and Barb raped, abortion, abusement, all kinds of things. Why did they do that? Because they're free. And then I heard from them that lots of people from you came and talked to them over the weeks. You had very similar circumstances in your life. I want you to understand an incredible principle. It's found in 2 Corinthians 1.4. It says, God who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. You see, now that I've been freed from this hurt or this sin of the past, I can share this truth with somebody else. Let's say you're here this morning and you've raped somebody or had an abortion. And you've been freed from that. Or you've gone through a divorce. Or someone in your family has cancer. And you're struggling with that. Well, another person who's gone through that and has freedom, God just kind of seems to hook us up. And I'm able to say to that person, and here's what they usually say to me, I don't think I can get past that, what's happened to me. And I can say to them, well, I know that's exactly what I thought until God's word taught me different. You see, once freed, God wants us to be agents of hope. That's what happened. We're able to bring joy and peace to a person who's going through the very similar things that we went through. And they're thinking, I'll never make it. And we'll say, boy, two years ago, that's exactly where I was. But let me tell you, God will get you through it. And today I'm free. I'm enjoying life. And I've moved beyond it. That is so powerful. Next, we see the fruit of godly works and giving. Notice Joseph says, I'll provide for you and your children. 
Everywhere you look at Joseph, he's faithful in all his responsibilities. He was always receiving the favor of God and then blessing other people. He was generous. He didn't hoard it to himself. He was always being that fruitful branch that climbed over the wall. His fruitfulness was combined with that spirit of generosity. See, God wants to bless us so we can bless others. You say this morning, Pastor Mark, if my vine goes over the wall, those people outside there get to eat all that good fruit. Praise God. That's what it's about. You know, a few weeks ago, we sent 50000 and we're going to send more. We sent $50,000 to the tsunami effect. The branches reached over the wall. We don't even know those people. We'll never see them. But God's blessed us because of it. You guys were so generous. That's what happens. See, the generosity, giving of ourselves and our time and our talents. It's not about us. It's about other people. That was a perfect picture of Joseph's. By the way, God doesn't want to bless you to bless you. That's all about me again. In the process, I do get blessed. Number three, we see the fruit of godly praise. Notice what Joseph says to his brothers. When they're afraid of him, he says, am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. What happened? Joseph learned to trust God and his sovereign plan for his life, even when things were bad and they were happening in his life. Joseph lived with joy because he knew God was in full control and that God's plan for his life, well, was better than his own. Very often we have this saying, Pastor Mark, hello, yes, bad news, bad news. Now I want you to think about that. I understand it because I use the same terminology, but God's been working on me. Not through yet, but I'm working on it. Let's stop and think of something. If I'm a Christian and I love God, I'm not perfect, but I'm not sinning as a lifestyle. I'm really going for God. Will bad things happen in my life? Yes, okay. So let's think about the terminology. If all things work together for good, is that really a bad thing that's happening in my life? Not really. Now, at the moment, I don't like cherish it. But Joseph said, what you meant for bad, God has turned around and made good. So he finally went, and you got to get to this point. I'm still working on it, but I'm getting closer. That's because I'm getting close to die, yes. Listen to this. I can relax when life, because number one, God's plan for me is way better than mine. If it includes some tough things, Somehow, God's going to turn good out of it. I can relax. I can enjoy life. Because it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. That's what Joseph got. That Instead of out of his mouth, God, what are you doing here? I don't like this. Ask what's come out of your mouth this week to God. Why do you allow that to happen to my life? Oh, that's godly praise. Fruitful praise from my mouth. (laughs) Only person can help and do that is God. The last one. We see the fruit of godly witness. Notice Joseph said, all this happened for one reason. Listen to this. All this, listen, all this, listen, all this happened for one reason. The saving, tell me, of how many lives? Many lives. God loves lost people. You say, well, what did the saving of many lives mean? Listen to this very closely. Because God helped Joseph to forgive and forget, he became the savior of the nations of the world, food and not famine. Do you realize that? God put him second in command with the plan, and nations from all over the world came, and they survived because Joseph was faithful. Second, because God helped Joseph to forgive and forget, he became the savior of the nation of Israel. 
that little 70 nation moved to Egypt and were saved. Otherwise, it had been dispersed throughout the world. Because they came to Egypt and were saved, over the next 400 years, what happens? The tribe of Judah survives. Well, who comes out of the tribe of Judah? Jesus. As we celebrate communion in just a moment, we're blessed because of Joseph's faithfulness and fruitfulness. All because Joseph learned to forgive and forget. As you take the communion this morning, Joseph is part of it. Because he allowed the nation of Israel to survive. Judah came out of it. Jesus came from there, went to the cross, paid for your sin, and I can be free. The branch had very long-lasting and wide influence, even to the town of West Melbourne. Now that's being fruitful. God encouraged my heart incredibly. As I read that the last few weeks, I believe that's why God's freed us. Now that we're free and open, God is going to use us. Many people are going to come into our lives and we're going to share the gospel with them because now I'm not thinking about myself. I'm not playing these old tapes. I'm not all bent up in my own life and all my hurts of the past. God's freed me from those and I'm freed to be fruitful. And one of the key things of fruit is just that. I want you to stop and think about this for a moment. What if Dr. Drummond Webb lived next door to you? What if you played foosball in your house with him? What if his kids rode with your wife to a soccer field? And you get up on December 26th and he's dead. You're a good friend, but you never shared with him your faith. How would we feel? You see, guys, all around us this morning are thousands of people with no hope. Oh, they may not commit suicide, but their lives live in hell. But God has freed us to do one thing, take the gospel to them and say, you can be free too. Here's the last thing to write down. Joseph lived 110 years Started at 17 as a slave boy, the last 93 in freedom. He let go of the past. How about you? Because of God living in us, we are free to reach the potential for which God has designed us. This morning, are you reaching it? Allow God to do it. He wants to change us and bring us free. His purpose for us is never hindered by our past. Don't ever believe, Satan says, Well, your past, you'll never achieve what God wants. That's a lie. Here's the last verse I leave. In the book of Philippians, we're encouraged. It says this, you must be even more careful to put into action God's saving work in your lives. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear for God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey him and the power to do what pleases him. And what pleases him? Producing fruit. I want to please God. Pastor Mark made some great points today. We were shown in the Bible where God promises peace to us if we'll be diligent to read his word and spend time with him in prayer. We were reminded not to be like Joseph's brothers and play the what if game. We were told to trust God, receive our healing, and to show others the restoration that's available to them through Jesus. 
This Prison Break series from Pastor Mark Balmer is teaching us biblical ways to deal with the hurts we experience in this life. If you'd like to hear more teachings from this series, we invite you to access them online at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. All of Pastor Mark's messages are available online for free, or you can order a CD copy for only $5 to cover materials and shipping. You can also purchase a copy of Pastor Mark's book, Prison Break, in our online store. Find out more at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Well, this ends the teaching series, Prison Break. We hope that it was uplifting as well as educational. Please remember that God does love you and that He knows what has been done to you and that He has healing available for you. As Pastor Mark has shared, forgiveness is available to us through God. Through that, we'll be able to extend forgiveness to others and to move forward from the prison of our hurting past. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. Together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.